1: Thanks for tuning in again
0: to another episode. As my six-year-old daughter would say, OMG, we made it to episode number 70. Pretty excited to be here still and it's a thrill always bringing you fantastic guests and, um, well... It's a big passion project of mine, Mum's the Word, and uh, yeah, I'm just really, really happy to have you here. This week's episode is a feel-good story. We uh, are talking about a natural fertility success story, so yeah, awesome to share this, but what's even more fantastic is that I know Shay really, really well, and I also know her bubba, have adjusted him since he was a little newborn. Um, and so, yeah, just really thrilled to share the story of Shea klomp Buters and she's passionate about helping people break up with sugar, allowing them to learn the foods that truly nourish the body, providing lifelong knowledge to live their healthiest, happiest life. Shea graduated from the University of Montana with a Bachelor of Science in Health and Human Performance and that. After more than 10 years in a nine-to-five as the director of an international trade organization, she decided it was time to go back to her roots in health and wellness, graduating from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Having experienced firsthand the life-changing power nourishing foods have on the body in dealing with infertility and burnout she is now on a crusade to help others do the same and here she is it's a fantastic interview please please share it to anyone you know who may be going through a similar story as what Shay did and actually you could share it with anyone who needs to live a happier healthier life enjoy the episode welcome Shay to the show very excited to have your mum's the word please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself Thank you so much for having me, Karen.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm Shay from Contagiously Healthy, and I'm a mom of a gorgeous four-year-old little boy, uh, very active. Um, and yeah, I uh, took a long time to, <laughs> to have him, so I really appreciate it even more. And that's what I'd like to share a little bit today, actually, is kind of my journey through infertility and and how we came to be able to conceive a little boy naturally. So um, I might just jump in if that's all right. Yeah, I
0: would love you to share because <laughs> I think for lots of people, it, it's such a taboo topic and it's almost got some shame involved, which it so shouldn't. And, um, yeah, this is not often talked about and it's really nice to normalize it. So please, please share your story.
2: Great. Yeah, no, I, I really felt that actually. Um, and appreciate you saying that, that, you know, it's, it is something that's not really normalized and not really talked about. And, and I felt so alone as I was going through it, especially in the beginning. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we were a young married couple and looking forward to starting a family and after the first year of trying naturally, um, it you know it it didn't happen and we thought okay something let's go get checked because we started to get older and um and I think it was my cousin actually who said you know maybe you should go get checked out and I was really offended and really really hurt at first I thought what we're fine what's she talking about and then as time went on I thought you know what actually that's probably what I needed to hear and uh to kind of push it forward so we ended up going and Uh, to an infertility you know kind of in that route the medicinal route Uh, and they checked us out they couldn't find anything wrong with myself or my husband and um, so that began our four-year journey of IUIs, IVFs, um, you name it. I mean by the end I had my doctor on speed dial (laughs) and uh, it was it was quite a heavy journey. I, I have to admit I lost my mom when I was 20 and that was probably hands down one of the hardest things I've ever been through and this was right there with it emotionally physically and mentally I've never um yeah aside from losing my mom been through anything so heavy and I remember at a certain point I think we were like three some years into it and I just didn't even feel myself anymore I was so pumped full of hormones um I gained weight. I had acne. I, my eyebrows turned orange. I wish I was joking, but they turned orange. Wow. And yeah, no, I remember my mother-in-law saying, "Hmm, maybe there's a little something with your eyebrows. And I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely something going on with my eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I didn't feel like myself anymore. So I decided that we're going to take a break and I just... Started researching to see what else is out there, to to do something alternative, to really clean out my body and and cleanse my body out. And that's when I started researching and found that gluten, um, GMOs, and uh, sugar could all cause inflammation, which your body is so busy fighting that off that, yeah, it doesn't have room or time or energy to conceive a baby. So that really struck me and I thought, okay, you know what, what do I have to lose? I feel like, and not myself anyways, I feel really unhealthy. Uh, Let's give it a go. So I gave myself a month. It took me about two months to prep to figure out what, you know, what does it mean if I can't eat gluten? Does that mean potatoes or does that mean rice or what does that include? So kind of researching that. And that was at a time where it wasn't so, uh, Easy and so accessible in the Netherlands. So it was really um, figuring out what I could eat and really educating myself a lot of self education and reading packages and reading ingredients, reading it in Dutch, not even in my native language, and learning those Dutch words. And uh, as well, and I was more worried about gluten, I have to say, than sugar. Uh, And it was only when I really started getting into it that I realized how much sugar is in these everyday products that I was eating. You know, I would, I thought the spaghetti sauce that we were, you know, getting out of a jar was healthy. And little did I realize until I started looking into it, how much sugar was actually in that. Um, A soy sauce, you know, things like that, that I had no idea contained gluten or sugar. Um, Again, where I thought they were healthy products. So that was a really, uh, yeah, it was a really valuable lesson for me in the end. And I think overall it made me a better mother uh, when that time came because I I now was armed with the, the knowledge of what's healthy and what's really not healthy. So I did that for, I said I'm going to do it for a month. And literally within three days, I felt so much better than I'd felt in months, possibly years. My digestion was better, which I didn't even realize I had uh, digestive issues, to be honest. Um, I, I I lost weight, the acne went away, my eyebrows turned back to the regu- regular color, and I actually I have asthma, and I didn't use my inhaler for the first three weeks, not even realizing that I wasn't using it, because I was so engrossed in what I could eat and what I couldn't eat, and my husband was usually the one that cooked I was very spoiled for a long time. And obviously when I went to this, you know, more restrictive and kind of very new t- way of eating, new new way of, uh, yeah, new lifestyle essentially, uh, I figured I couldn't really put that all on him. It was going to also be me that would have to, <laughs> to step up and, and do some of this and cook and buy groceries and figure out what we were doing. So... It was really beneficial. Uh, yeah, so I felt so much better. And I, at that point, I really realized that I'm there's no turning back. The gluten was a, I really had a gluten intolerance. I never got tested. I just self-diagnosed, but I realized, I think three months into it, I had gluten accidentally and I had such cramping and such a reaction that I really realized that that is a trigger. And in causing some inflammation in, in my gut, so um, so yeah, I, I went strong. Uh, well, I'm still off gluten, and that was in 2011. And eight months later, we fell pregnant naturally, which was considering everything we went through, uh, was amazing. It was it was truly. Uh, we found out actually right before Christmas, so we say he's the best Christmas present that we ever received. And I always get a little emotional. When I talk
0: of course, about I've got you know tingles when you say it. Also because I know him. But um, yeah, <laughs> but I think um, it's almost like you were. The blessing is that you actually cleansed your body amazingly to then be able to house a child as well. Like I mean, it's almost like you did this awesome detox without. Obviously, you knew you were doing it, but I think it's like you were prepping so that you could have a super clean pregnancy. And I think going in the you know, the other, uh, the other route, I mean, who knows how much, you know, toxicity from foods that you had or e-numbers or coloring or all these other things. Um, and then you're doing obviously the medication and, you know, I I mean, great that you didn't feel any sort of detox effects in the great first three days. I mean, that's, you know, kudos to you, but I think, um, if anything, it's a blessing disguise that you were just getting super clean.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, it was truly, I mean, and I'm American, so I grew up on a standard American diet where mac and cheese was my soul food and, you know, a box of brownies was making something homemade. So it was it was a, <laughs> a true transformation. Um, uh, yeah, and I remember going home that first year in 2011. I think I spent like a month in the States and, and my family was, thought I was crazy because I was eating so clean and, you know, avocado, like I'd never eaten an avocado before that point, dare what? I say. Yeah yeah that's you know I remember bringing it to my my cousin's house. We celebrated Fourth of July together, and my my nephew was like what what is that <laughs> you know, so it was really um yeah just again, like a huge learning process and in in America, everything is so processed and so um catered to just really that uh, yeah easy consumer Quick consumption, on the run. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so no, that was um, that was my first experience in, in really seeing a few things, actually. One being, you know, as Hippocrates said so many years ago, that food be the medicine and medicine be thy food, and experiencing that firsthand at just how powerful it is when you feed yourself uh, foods that really nourish your body. And the second thing... Um, it's just how quickly the body can heal. You know, your body's always changing. And and that, yeah, after going through four years of infertility and, and popping myself, as you said, full of these hormones and and things, and also, you know, eating probably GMOs and E-numbers and things that I, I hadn't realized that I had been eating for a number of years, that my body within eight months was able to you know, and prob- who knows when at what time, but was able to clean itself out enough that I was able to conceive a child. So um, I think a lot of powerful lessons were learned in that. And and I watched a, uh, um, a few doc- documentaries and one is by Dr. Robert Lustig, who's uh, a pediatrician from, uh, I think UCLA it is. And he his really his focus is sugar. And he has a an amazing video on YouTube uh, where he's talking about sugar, the the bitter truth. And it just that stood with me. Like watching that, I was like, I never ever want to put sugar back in my mouth. And again, um I have since then, but um, you know, I really made a conscious effort at that time too to, to once I was pregnant, to make sure that I ate very clean throughout my pregnancy, uh, because I I now knew and had experienced firsthand the effects of putting this you know unnatural processed chemicals in my body. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so that was really um, yeah really eye opening, really powerful, and and I feel truly blessed to have such a health, healthy, vibrant boy. And the other thing I wanted to point out too is. Uh, the other thing that happened that year in 2011 is uh, I was very stressed with my job. And I remember again, I went back to the States for the whole month of July. And at that time, I was so stressed that I could barely turn my neck. I was just my whole system, everything was in my shoulders, in my neck. It was just painful. And I remember meeting um, a chiropractor who she was doing some marketing. She was just starting up her practice and she did a scan on me and it was all red. And she said, wait a minute, let me, let me check this again. And she did another one. And she said, are you in pain? And I said, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. And so I started going to her and within, you know, that month I also felt I could, I could move again. And that was something that I'd never, chiropractic wasn't something I I had ever experienced before or tried before, but I was in so much pain that I realized something had to be done. So I think that also played a role into it, a role into conceiving and kind of my whole transformation. And yeah, when I, when I came back to the Netherlands, I, I was like, okay, I have to keep this going. I need to find somebody local that I can work with. And in the end I I found you, which was brilliant. So, and I went throughout my pregnancy. So that was also something that I think really made it a lot, uh, easier and a better experience being pregnant so
0: I think I think the thing is what you said about that just being in pain and yeah I'm in a lot of pain is that what people put up with for so long and they just keep going and you know it's almost like tired mums as well it's like well I've still got to get the day started still get it going and it's almost like you just yeah there's so much going on and I think getting back to where you said you were going through all the tests and you know the IUIs and the I mean so much stress in your body like you know, hormonally stress as well, but just the tension built up and the pressure and all that internal stuff. It's not something we really share with all our loved ones. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it should be shared, but I mean, I've also gone through, you know, trying to get pregnant and it's not like you want to tell that to everyone because somehow you feel like, yeah, is my body broken or, you know, and of course it's not, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just crazy what we end up putting up with. And it's so nice when you start to really get more connected and yeah, and feel what's really going on. And then obviously when things release or are gone, how, um, how then you really notice, oh my God, I really was in pain just because you're out of it now.
2: Yeah. No, that was really substantial. I had no idea. I mean, I knew I was in pain. And so I was like, I'm not that old. How can I be, you know, I don't want to feel this way for the rest of my life. This is horrible. So it was a true, true blessing as well. And it's interesting because you talked about um, something I wanted to touch, touch on as well Is yeah, I think it was the stress. I think it was the stress of my job at the time, but I think it was also the stress of keeping it all in and trying to keep all of that on my shoulders. As you said, you know, it's something that you just don't come out and say, yeah, I'm dealing with infertility. We can't get pregnant, you know, and people don't really know how to react to that. And normally when they do react, they say, Oh, you know, don't don't try so hard. Think about something else. You know, don't if, stress about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you stress about it, then it won't happen with a baby. And uh, yeah, it's really really isolating. You know, all my friends were having babies at that time. Uh, baby showers galore. I was throwing baby showers for friends. And I think there was a certain point at the end where one of my good friends got pregnant, and I I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. And I just yeah, I get emotional again, but I remember saying to her, you know, it's still, it's, you know, I have a child now. I'm still quite raw, but I remember saying to her, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't be there. I'm so excited for you and I'm so happy for you. But I, right now I need to look out for myself and that's something I can't do, you know, and I felt really bad for it, but luckily she really understood. She would kind of been with me on my journey as well. Once I started to open up and once I did start to open up, it was amazing how many of my friends had gone through something similar who had had issues initially getting pregnant they didn't it wasn't as far as I had gone, but that it wasn't something that was as easy for them or they had gone through a miscarriage or something that they hadn't necessarily shared with me either so um I think it's something that definitely needs to be more talked about and more open and more yeah, it's not something to be ashamed of it's something to reach out and and ask for help and know that there's other people that have been through it. You know, everyone has a different journey, but, but it's, you're stronger in numbers, you're stronger with sharing. And that also takes that kind of burden and that heaviness off you, just knowing that there's others who have gone through it.
0: Yeah. It also normalizes it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't outcast you. And, um, Yeah, I think it it can be painful. And I think, yeah, to not share that pain is just horrifying that people are suffering on the inside and, yeah, that we don't even know. So, um, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you uh, so much for sharing. And, yeah, he's a gorgeous little boy, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Well, I also wanted to share a little bit more because I'd love to say that my, you know, my journey to health that's where it began that's where it stayed. I didn't you know go back uh, backwards at all, but unfortunately, I think once having a child, not unfortunately but i I was in a job where I was working long hours I was traveling a lot and I you know I'd studied so much uh about nutrition and about what I was putting in him I really put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure he was breastfed only so i was I was pumping in airports and taxis and you know I remember being at my first the first time I had to travel, I think he was six or seven months, and and I was at the Intercontinental in Prague, and I remember calling ahead of time because I found out the fridges don't, uh, they didn't, they weren't cold enough. They weren't low enough temperature to keep the milk good. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be pumping, I want to make sure that I can keep this milk and, and take it home. So that was my focus. And uh, so I called ahead and and found out that you know I I had room service basically come to me at two in the morning after I finished pumping, and they they pick up the bottles of uh, pump milk and take it to their fridge in the main kitchen, which was uh, really handy. A a bit comical now that I look back on it, but I was very dedicated and determined. But needless to say, I put all this pressure on myself to really, um, yeah, be very strict and very conscious. And I think that's probably one thing, if I look back, I I probably would have tried to be a little bit more lenient, like maybe found an alternative, uh, so I didn't have to pump as much, and um, especially while I was traveling. Uh, Yeah, so I I think that, and I was going to say something else, but I've since lost it. Oh, that's okay, that's okay. Oh yeah, you found it? I found it. Thank you. <laughs> Is the other thing was, um, yeah, we're waking up with those feeds, you know, and not getting a lot of sleep as, as you do when you have a newborn um, and a new baby. And I ended up going back to, because I don't drink coffee. I've never been a caffeine drinker. So that's one good thing. But at this time, when I'm lacking sleep, I started going to apple juice. So I was drinking lots of apple juice in those late night feeds. And during the day, dare I say, I was having, it was organic, but it was still Nutella. It was organic hazelnut pasta. And I was, you know, I would eat it by a spoonful. I wouldn't even eat it on anything. But for me, that was like my little shot of energy. Quick energy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even realizing, even having, you know, researched and studied and felt the effects, there was, I needed something because I just felt like I had no energy. Mm. Um, And in the end... Uh, I ended up, I ended up burning out because I, I, I just kept on going. I also had this, you know, pressure that I, you just keep on going. There's, no matter what's happening, you just got to keep on going, put one foot in front of another, which was, which is great and normally. But my body started breaking down, and I wasn't listening. I was pushing through that because at this time, I, my, I was running an international trade organization. We, I got from four employees to one. And I was running it by myself with a new child. So it was, it was a lot going on. And I felt like I couldn't stop because I was going to let somebody down. So I had all these balls in my air, all these balls in the air that I was trying to juggle and not willing to realize that something had to give. So I kept on going, kept on going until I gave out. So I think for, and I, I, really literally gave out I ended up in the hospital for eight days with a uh, a perforated ulcer <laughs> so major stomach issues and uh it was really only then when my my real transformation took place when I realized okay I need to get healthy I remember being in the hospital and I didn't eat anything for the first seven days and the, the last day I finally felt better and was able to get out and and they said I'd eat something, but they had nothing to give me. They had they had nothing gluten free. Uh, I could maybe I think they had a hard boiled egg. Like I had, but they wanted me to have flah like this a pudding with milk. And I thought, okay, that this is not
0: like custard, basically.
2: Yeah, like custard. Like I thought, wow, for a hospital that's trying to get people better, and this is what they're offering to their patients. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, that's that was really shocking and really disappointing. <laughs> so uh, I came out, realized that uh, it's time for a change. Um, I can't stick with this job. It's not working anymore. I need to, to do something different. And I went back and got my degree in nutrition from the Integrative uh, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Uh, and there I really yeah, was able to couple. And I also, at the time, had to deal with candida, basically yeast in my organs and really clean that out. So I went on a candida-free diet where not only did I remove the gluten and in, in sugar, processed sugar, but I, I removed all sugars, even fruit for the first two months to really clean it out. Um, dairy, corn, soy, caffeine. I mean, I didn't have much caffeine anyways, but so it was a very, very strict diet. And again, Three days into that, my body just felt so much better. I had energy. The brain fog was lifted. I mean, there was so many different aspects that um, I could I could feel the transformation happening and the healing happening. So um, it really spurred me to, to head into the nutrition realm. And ironically, my degree is from university is in health and human performance. So I've always had a fa- yeah a fascination and interest in health and wellness. So it's kind of come full circle. And at that point, um, yeah, I realized that this is something I, I want to go on and I want to to make my career and I want to help other people who are maybe dealing with infertility or dealing with health issues or gut issues. And, and really, I think my focus and my, yeah, my passion is really helping people get off sugar, breaking up with sugar and realizing, because I think once you do that, you, you've really taken the bulk of the, the bad food and the things that can be causing inflammation out of your diet. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's where I am now. And I, I it was a little over a year ago or two years ago that I kind of started dabbling in it And uh, with you, Karen, actually putting on my first couple of workshops, which I'm very grateful for you uh, giving me a platform to do, do so. And, that
0: was great. Uh, You're welcome. You're
2: welcome. <laughs> and then slowly uh, building up my business, which is now contagiously healthy. And and I, I do run a, a breakup with sugar challenge. It's a free five day challenge, uh, which has had incredible results for people who have gone through it. I mean, some people are still off sugar uh, from the last one I did in November. So uh, I think just with a little added motivation, a little uh, education, it's really amazing how that can spur people into making a big
1: lifestyle change. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit Podcast.com.
0: Yeah, and I think when people hear the breakup with sugar, they think there can't be anything sweet also. Um, You know, like I know there's like obviously let's say cacao mixed with coconut oil and you can make some great, um, you know, some great alternatives and, you know, like we're not talking that they can't have anything sweet forever. No, no. Yeah, no, very it's, good point. It's good yeah, to I make it that's... clear because I think people think, oh, I've got a sweet tooth, so yeah, you know, what am I going <laughs> to do, right? But I think you know, you know, there could be dates, there could be, you know, there are natural sugars in it. Like something I try to teach my daughter. You know, as she said today, I said, well, you know, she wanted to have, I don't know what she wanted, a cookie or something, and I said that didn't grow on a tree. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, and it didn't, and it didn't uh, fly in the sky, and it didn't swim in the ocean. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, it's not real food. <laughs> It didn't come like that and she she was like oh yeah yeah you know but I think you know things that are naturally occurring in nature I mean there are many sweet things I mean bananas are super sweet
2: yep very true no it's I think that's one of the things and I also think to make it sustainable uh, there you have to be able to indulge in that, right for a glass of wine or a piece of cake possibly if you're out for a birthday party I think it's finding that balance so yeah, I think the break, the break of the, sh- the sugar challenge, the focus is just raising the consciousness and also realizing how much sugar you're taking in because there's all these unusual suspects such as yogurt that's fruit flavored. Or um, I remember actually my son, when we went back to the States a few years ago, I think it was two when he got conjunctivitis in his eyes, pink eye, and I went to find a yogurt at the good food store, uh, which is kind of like a Whole Foods, and there was none, absolutely none in the U.S. at this school food store that was not sweetened with something. Yeah. Whether it be agave syrup or um, honey. And I was really shocked to see that. So I think it's kind of just raising the awareness of what you're eating that you think is healthy that isn't healthy. You know, how much sugar you should actually be having on a daily basis and also putting into practice and realizing you know, that, that to make it sustainable there's an 80-20 rule where 80% of the stuff you eat is healthy and then 20% can be, you know, on the weekend, a little gift. So because I think if you think, just as you said, if it's a complete breakup where you can never have that anymore, that's not going to be sustainable and then you're going to binge and, and keep it going. So I think this makes it a lot more sustainable and I think the best part of it is that when you start to feel the effects on your body of, of eating healthy, the motivation comes intrins- intrinsically. It's not something where I'm preaching to you and making you do something because that never works, right? It's just providing you the education, giving you you know five days to try it out. And usually in even just that five days, you really feel such a difference that the motivation there is to keep keep it going or some sort of it going. And that education is something that you never
1: lose.
0: Yeah, and I think also just to avoid those those dips in energy, like you said, you're reaching for spoonfuls of, yeah. um, you know, like it's not working because obviously it's a short burst of energy that you need another one. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and finding more a more balanced way to keep that energy up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you also make the point that you can have healthy food in a very unhealthy way. Let's <laughs> just. Yes. A- yeah 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 well so many pearls of wisdom in that um journey story i don't even know where you'd start with a, a an affirmation or a quote that 's driven yeah. you to you know with some of that change you know from you know finding your way from you know natural fertility and you know getting your your gift and blessing of your son, but also just the, what you said about making what's important really important in life, and you know it's not like you had the um, the ulcer, the perforated ulcer from necessarily bad food, it sounds. It was more really from emotional stress, just eating away.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a combination of things, to be honest. And and I think that's part, I think that's also part of the, what I, yeah, try to educate with kind of a more holistic nutrition is because it's also part of my five-day break of a sugar challenge is that there's something else going on that when you have cravings, there's, there's some sort of emotional tie to the cravings and it's, it's digging a little deeper and finding out what that is, what's going on because there needs to be it's what I call primary foods. Uh, and it consists of four different categories. It goes a little bit deeper, but we'll just stick to the four different categories, which are relationships, career, physical activity, and spirituality and spirituality more kind of just self connecting. And yeah. And I think looking at the whole picture because primary foods are, are foods that also feed you. They're not found on a plate, but they're foods that really feed you and nourish your your zest for life. So it's something I think really important to keep, um, yeah, to keep in check. And 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 when you are craving, uh, I remember one of one of the participants to the Breakup the Sugar Challenge. She wrote, she had just had dinner and she said, I'm i I'm, I'm already in the kitchen. I'm still hungry. I'm looking for something else to eat. And I said, okay, just sit down for a minute and really check in with yourself. Are you really hungry? You just ate a half hour ago. You know, what What else could be going on? And so it's kind of doing that self-check-in to see when you do have those cravings, stop, have a chance to kind of sit, think about what's going on, check in with yourself. And I think what you'll find is that if you're not really hungry, there may be something, something more emotional, as you mentioned. Or you happening. might just be bored
0: right i think i remember that as a teenager like going to the fridge and then you know it was more like something to do and just like staring at the fridge for a while you know like (laughs) after school kind of things it's like this reflex yeah um yeah so what would what would be an affirmation or a quote out of that story to share
2: yeah the one that stands out for me is if it doesn't challenge you it doesn't change you so and i i think that holds true it you know it there was lots of challenges, but wow, did I make some huge changes for the better, so
0: I like that one <laughs> yeah, is it yours? It's not mine no, I don't
2: know whose it is actually i I think it's just I don't know that there's anybody that's credited to it, so well, you can claim
0: it for now that's yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> so um. If you could share something um, with new mums about, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about breastfeeding and not being so strict on yourself, but if you could share something with someone with a you know baby in their tummy or a new mum, what would be some wisdom that you'd share with them or what you would have shared with yourself back then?
2: Yeah, I, I think the one thing that I say is, well, I think for me it was um, – I read a lot of natural parenting books, which was great. And I learned a lot from them, but I also was so afraid that I was going to mess my son up as a baby that I kind of lost myself in the process. Hmm. So, I mean, he was really next to us sleeping wise. And I remember reading something like if he cries even for, you know, a second, I don't know, it probably wasn't a second, but in my mind, because I really was going to, you know, be the best mother ever. Um that and I didn't want to do any harm to him. Um but if he then it was going to, you know, damage him for life or something. And that's probably not what it said, but in my mind that's what it said. So I made sure that my son did not cry. I was at his side and in the end for me that's that was our biggest challenge. He's, Turned four in August, and only then has he started started sleeping till about six in the morning. But there was a point where he was waking up at three thirty on a daily basis. So for me, that was something. And maybe it wasn't because of that, but I I I kind of put that back on myself a little bit. But if he would have cried, you know, a couple cries, it probably wouldn't have hurt him. It probably would have been okay. But um, so I think that's one thing. I think just kind of follow. You can read so many books, and there's things contradicting each other all the time. And I think follow your own intuition on that too. You know your, your child and, and enjoy the process. And I think the best piece of advice I ever received was from a friend of mine and she said, this is the first piece of advice I'm gonna give you is that you're gonna get so many people giving you advice on what to do with a baby, how to have, what yeah, what to feed them, how to, how to wrap them, what to do to get them to sleep. She said, don't listen to any of it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's going to be way too much. And she said, yeah. So that was, I, I thought that was really brilliant. And then she went on to give me like a whole bunch of advice, but you know, I thought, yeah, that's true. Because I think that is some, when you have a baby, you're getting so many things of advice and, and sometimes you're looking for it, but sometimes you're not. Mm-hmm. So kind of take in what you, what resonates with you and what doesn't just, you know, that's okay. Let it slide off and, and,
0: yeah, take so, it as a grain go of with salt. Your, yeah. 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 Well, you've totally just asked and answered my next question. So okay. we don't need to ask <laughs> you the best advice you've ever received because you've shared that already. But what I will ask you to share is um, some of the invaluable resources that have helped you get to where you are today, whether it's in parenting or nutrition or, or pregnancy or fertility, that we could just help some of the listeners out there.
2: Yeah, some of the resources. Well, I mentioned Dr. Robert
0: Lustig, who I really, um, really
2: admire his work, and he's, he continues to do some amazing research with sugar. And, and so, I think that's something if you are pregnant or want to get pregnant, or yeah, just looking to see how sugar affects your body. That's a great resource um, for for infertility. Um, I I did pretty much anything and everything. I feel like I I did a lot of researching. And one of the things um, that really stood out to me, and I'm actually going to put it together in a kind of an ebook format for anyone who's interested, who's listening in, um, is hormone disruptors. And this is something that I had no idea about. And I think this also helped in my journey because there's a lot of products out there that, uh, can just, yeah, can disrupt your hormones. So one of the things that I used to do is I love smelly Victoria's secret lotion. And I would put that on my skin all the time, not realizing (laughs) how full of crap it really is. Like, um, yeah. 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 So, so that's something, so those kind of things. Um, also we used to, you know, nonstick pans galore. That's all we used to have not realizing again, that was something where there's kind of carcinogenic, uh, particles coming off of that and, and, and going into your food. Um, another thing is, is, uh, plastics. So using, I remember that I was being so healthy at work and I would go fill up my like big blue plastic spa blau bottle that uh, and I would just reuse it, reuse it, reuse it, reuse it, reuse it drinking that whole liter or liter and a half of water throughout the day thinking, oh, I'm getting some good water and not realizing that, that it's leaching, you know, these, these plastics into, into the water and I continue to drink that and that's going in my body.
0: And I think they've sure. even said that the the receipts as well are covered in a special plastic that we touch every time we handle a receipt.
2: Yeah, yeah. On those really,
0: rolls. Yeah.
2: I mean, you can you can go overboard with it, but I think it's also something when you start to look at how, what simple things you can make changes with to to reduce that effect. I think is really powerful. So I, I think for me that was a really big eye opener um, to use natural really try to find natural products and again something that benefited my son you know once he was born is like really washing his clothes in in more of a natural detergent and yeah being very conscious of it
0: Mm. yeah yeah and glass is a great alternative right for baby bottles and yeah and food containers and things like that and these days there's so many great options for water bottles exactly yeah
2: so, so yeah so I'll, I'll, I have a document with kind of the highlights some of that um, so you can get some more information which I think is really valuable and other resources um, yeah those are the ones that stand out in my mind uh, you know the other resource is the book that I got from you <laughs> uh, well-adjusted babies yeah right and I thought that was that was really um, a great resource again if for more natural parenting. And, um, like I said, some of those, I, I, I took too, too much to heart and and (laughs) became a little too, uh, OCD with it. But I think, I think it gives you a a really good overview. I think it covers like from being pregnant all the way to like when a child is like a year or something. You know, it
0: it covers uh, even trying to get pregnant and thinking about maybe as well. And it covers, um, intervention and what to feed your baby was really when, fabulous. uh, things that your partner can help you with in labor and, you know, postures and questions to ask, birth plans, all these things. And I'm really excited to say that, um, Jen's just agreed to do an episode as well. So that will be coming oh, up fantastic. soon. So I'm not sure how many episodes after this will be released, but, um, yeah, it's going to be really special because obviously I know her personally and knew while, she, you know, worked sort of very close with her as she was um, writing the book. So that's really exciting. And, yeah, I mean, very often the book gets recommended. And for me, I like I said to you, it's really been a great Bible and I think you don't really need anything else. Although, of course, my type A nature had many other books yeah. as well. <laughs> I resonate with you there as well that just, you know, I don't know. I think I get a lot of peace from education as well and knowledge. So that gives me... A safety to know that i know what i know and you know going in blind is probably just not my style you know some people don't want to read yeah. any pregnancy books they don't read any parenting books They're just going to do it and wing it my way that's not my style no.
2: yeah no so. i don't know that i would i would advocate that either <laughs> but i think also yeah again stick with what resonates with you and and i think that's that's the best case scenario so yeah yeah, yeah.
0: And then, of course, I'd love for you to share all your contacts for people so how they can find out more about your work and get in touch with you with your, um, to find out about your services. And, of course, I want you to share your website and, and everything else that you can share so that they can find you.
2: Great. Thank you. Yeah, so my, my
0: company is called Contagiously Healthy. Which I love um, the name, by the way. It's like a <laughs> wave you. of health, you know. I love it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the idea is really I feel like it, when you start to – Um, take your health seriously and make changes, it sends a ripple effect to the loved ones around you. And and that's the idea behind Contagiously Healthy. So um, that's my focus is to really make, yeah, spread the health and make the world contagiously healthy. Um, And yeah, you can find me at my website. It's uh, contagiously-healthy.com. I also have a Facebook page. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Pinterest. I'm going to be starting Instagram soon. And, I have, yeah, my email is just Shay at contagiously-healthy.com.
0: So the that? Twitter and the Pinterest, they're all contagiously healthy? They they are. I think Shay. I, I will send you the links. I think Twitter is Shay
2: clump because I couldn't put, um, okay, I couldn't well, make we'll put it contagiously healthy, notes. but yeah, I'll put them in the show notes so that you have them. um, um to connect to directly, but yeah, those are great ways to find me. And with the Break Up a Sugar Challenge again, it's a five, uh, free five day challenge that I put on two to three times a year. The next one uh, is in March this year, and I think the next one will take place probably around every three months, or probably July or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what about Skype consults?
2: Oh, yeah. And I do one-on-one consultations. Thank you. Um, and I also do... Um, this is your opportunity to share what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to share my sites and my information, but brilliant, yes. Um, I do one-on-one consultations, definitely. And I prefer to work online, so I'm, I'm accessible worldwide. Uh, and I also do a five-week group cleanse, uh, which I really enjoy as well. And that walks you through an elimination diet. We take out some of the trigger foods. We take out all the trigger foods, actually. Uh, I have over 120, I think now 150 recipes that I share with you. Uh, do some meal plans and just we connect once a week via a Zoom. Uh, makes it nice and easy. So that's another opportunity if you're interested in working with me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, of course I feel like I'm in the same room as you, but we're not. And uh, <laughs> we know each other really well. So this has been really super fun and um, really happy to have you on the show and have you share your story. Oh, Thanks so
2: much for having me, Karen. It's been a pleasure and it's always fun to, to do something with you. I really love your energy and uh, your enthusiasm for all things health. So thank you.
0: You're very welcome. And it's, yeah, pleasure. It goes both ways. So um, <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time, here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word.